What's good, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Mid-Range Game Podcast. I'm your host, Ole Defense 1033, talking Lakers versus Celtics NBA rivalry here on this episode. Uh, why Lakers versus Celtics? It's the greatest rivalry in NBA history. These are the two most important teams in NBA history. Um, they're the reason why shit, they're still a NBA. Uh, and I'm going to get into that later. Uh, but right now, I'm going to start this. I'm just going to give a quick recap real quick of this rivalry. Um, let's see, the all-time series. Uh, 208 to 164. So, 81-55% of the games. Um, the Seas have won 60% of the, f- the finals games. Their very first matchup was in 1959, which I actually, I, I actually forgot about that. <laughs> so, it was cool going back, researching this shit. Yeah, I actually did a little bit of research, y'all. I normally don't do that. I normally just do shit straight from the top of my head. But, uh, I'm going to do this shit the right way. Some research. I actually got some notes, y'all. Like, yeah, I actually did do, do, a, little bit of, do a little bit of work here. Um, so, I'm going to start off real quick with the 59 finals. Uh, ain't much to really talk about here. Uh, Lakers had, uh, by this point, Lakers had, uh, Elgin Baylor was like the second best player in the league by 59. Um, and... He was legit, man. You know, Elgin Baylor was 6'5", about 230. He was the grandfather of high flyers. He was the first guy that was, like, really, like, doing shit in the air. Like, you know, reverse layups, going up and dunking in traffic and, like, you know, rising up over motherfuckers. He was the first one that was doing that shit. And then after him, uh, probably the next guy was, like, Connie Hawkins, uh, you know, who was like a 6'9", you know, 230-pound big man, but he could jump out the gym. He had outstanding athleticism. So, um, in terms of athleticism, Connie Hawkins um, was probably like the first Larry Nance in terms of athleticism, like a big guy, long guy that could just jump out the fucking gym and was agile. So, like I said, Baylor's second best player in basketball. Uh, and they got waxed. C swept them. Uh, this C's team was led by a very young uh, Bill Russell. Uh, Russell was in his third year. Uh, Sam Jones was also in his third year. Uh, Tommy Hines um, also in his third year. So, um, they still, they had Bob Cousy, who was a holdover from the previous, uh, from bef- from the previous regime, and who was, you know, a former MVP. And uh, by this point, you know, Bob Cousy, uh, he was regarded at that time as, like, one of the greatest players in the game, in the history of, well, not the history, it was just started, but he was regarded as the best point guard in basketball and one of the absolute best players in the NBA. So basically, you look at it, C's had basically four of the top 20 players in basketball. And this was a, this was the start of their dynasty right here. And 
they will only get better from here. So fast forward to the 69, uh, excuse me, the 62 finals. That would be the next matchup. Uh, this this matchup, uh, Baylor will have some help uh, in the great Jerry West. Um, the, in my opinion, the third greatest shooting guard ever. Uh, and if the man had the benefit of playing with a three-point line, I think he would still be the all-time leading scorer. Uh, particularly in the playoffs because, you know, Jerry West was one of those guys where as great as he was in the regular season, he, you know, in the regular season, he he was basically like a 25, 26, 20, let's say 25, let's say 75 guy. But in the playoffs, he would go from being a 25, 75 guy to like a 35, <laughs> 8, and 7 guy. Uh even his shooting percentages would jump up, and shooting percentages back then, um, you gotta take him with a grain of salt too, because with the with the rules and the strict dribbling rules, um, you couldn't palm the ball at all. Um, you couldn't if you put your ball if you put your hand under the ball. That was an automatic turnover. That was a carry. That shit was getting called back then. Uh, so you had to keep your ball, keep your hand on top of the ball at all times, dribbling. Uh, and I don't know if y'all tried that shit out there. It's hard to do anything like that. So, you you know, being able to, like, just juke, you know, cross your dude over, like, that shit wasn't happening back then. Like, it was a mostly contested shot after contested shot. That's why those percentages are what they are. Imagine you playing a pickup game. Imagine you playing a game and, like, literally every shot you're taking is a contested type of shot where you got a guy on you and you can't really create space. You can't really create space because of the rules. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, they're dribbling with a hard-ass basketball. And the rims, Jesus, whew, you thought shooting on a double rim was a motherfucker? For those that have tried it, <laughs> uh, these rims were these rims were shit, man. So I mean, they, they're working with like the, the 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 very beginning, like they're working with like the rock and trying to trying to shape that motherfucker into a wheel. Or they, they're working with two sticks and trying to make fire out that shit. Uh, they're working with very the most basic of shit. Like this is how the game was back then and this is a big reason why the percentages the shooting percentages are what they were are uh and it's also a, a reason why uh like guys stats are what they are from the area why you got guys like you know russell that was like averaging like 25 rebounds a game shit like that you know uh because of the stats and it was a much faster game then you know as NBA fans, if if y'all think how they play now today is fast, it ain't got shit on how the game was played in the 60s and how the game was played in the 80s and how the game was played in the ABA. That shit was like track. Like, that's all. Them dudes were running up and down. Like, they weren't running to no, they weren't jogging to the three-point line. They were running to the rim to get dunks and layups. Uh, it was just a, it was just a faster faster game and even and even if y'all look up the advanced stats that you know that that stat nerds love to do so much even the advanced stats will bear that out they was actually say that it was a much fat that the game was faster uh back in those days as well uh with the you know just look at the pace 
So, yeah, I'm going to get, yeah, Jerry West was, um, you know, he's like, like Jimmy Butler, like Jimmy Butler's that way. Like Jimmy Butler, you got regular season Jimmy, you got playoff Jimmy, and playoff Jimmy is a motherfucker. Playoff Jimmy is like a top five player. Jimmy Butler in the regular season, he's like a top 25 player. Uh, that's But he just has that extra gear. And that's what Wes had. He had like another gear in the playoffs where he could just turn that bitch up another notch. Uh, and even in his, you know, even in his second year in the league, he had displayed that. Um, and it just it just go to show like how great the Celtics were as a team to be able to survive forty fucking points from Elgin Baylor. You getting thirty one <laughs> from Jerry West, so that's like over seventy from just two players. And the and the Lakers still weren't close to beating them. <laughs> uh, it just shows uh, how like how outstanding of a team that the Seas were all together and. You know, the 63 finals was basically a repeat of 62. You know, you got Baylor going off for 33 or 15. West 29, 8 and 5. And they still got waxed in six games because the seeds were just too deep. They had too much depth. And they were just a better, more complete overall team. Um, and, you know, 65 finals uh, will Seas beat that ass in five, and it would basically be the same thing. Now, this was a little different because um, Elgin Beller had hurt his knee in the Western Conference Finals the series before. He didn't play in the 65 Finals. Um, so, that being said, I don't think it would have mattered anyway because as we saw, saw in 62 and 63, the C's had just watched them in six and then five games uh, after that. So, um, Baylor being there, prime Baylor, would, I don't think that would have made a bit, big difference because they just the Lakers just didn't have the depth that they needed um, to be able to overcome the C's. And especially this C's team because, like as I said before, they're kind of like this C's team is in the middle of their run at this point. Uh, Russell, Sam Jones, they're veterans at this point. Um, one of the big differences with the Seas teams, though, was the, um, you know, the the addition of John Havlicek, um, who was drafted the previous year. And, and, and Hondo was a stud, man. He was a stud. Um, and... You know, what made it, what made it, you know, if you're a Laker fan, what had to make it so worth bad because, you know, you're already outnumbered anyway. And then here the C's go, they find, like, they draft this great young player, John Havlicek, who turns out to be one of the greatest players that's ever, that's ever, you know, played in the game. Um, you know, this man was 27-7-7 and um, and really took, and really was became the face of the franchise once Russell uh, retired. Um, helped us help. He was really like by I would say by '66 he was basically like their second or third best guy. Uh, by '69 he was the guy. Like Hondo was the guy. Um, and what made what what made Hondo great? Uh, he was like relentless man. He never stopped fucking moving. And 
I don't know if y'all play against play pickup and y'all had the guard like somebody like on the perimeter and that never stopped moving. He would be like the one guy that's always moving, always going sideline to sideline, always running up to the court and y'all playing a full court. Rondo was that guy. He was that motherfucker. He was a motherfucker you didn't want to have to play against because he never stopped moving. Uh, and especially off the ball. Uh, he was a tear. Uh, and, you know, Hondo, he didn't need the ball to be able to, 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 to be able to make an impact, to be able to dominate the game. You know, this man was putting up 27-7-7, like I said, once Russell retired. And he did most of that pretty much off the ball. Yeah, he was like, he really became like that guy. Uh, especially once six one at the sixty three once Kuzi retired, what really kept the Celtics um, dynasty going was was guys like Casey Jones who they drafted, or they would find guys like Don Nelson. Uh, you know, then they would pick up uh, you know guys here and there, and, and actually one of the guys that they ended up picking up. Uh, Bailey Howe, who ended up helping them win a championship later uh, in 69, was one of those guys that they picked up. Uh, but I'm let me go back, man, because I'm getting ahead of myself here, um, as I as I tend to do here, uh, because, man, I get excited talking about this shit, man, because I, I love ball. I eat, sleep, breathe this shit. Man, I will fucking inhale this shit if I could. Uh, that's how much I love it. Uh, so, 66 finals. Uh, C survive. Win four games to three. So, I think this was like kind of the first series where you could kind of see that the age and fatigue was starting to kind of creep in with the C's. Um, they didn't have quite the depth as they depth that they did have before. Uh, by this point, Russell Jones in particular, they were over 31. And I think it go, I think I need to go into this too. Uh, their 31 was different than, than the normal 31 in basketball years. Because back then, man, you know, it wasn't no charter buses, it wasn't no jets, it wasn't no charter planes, private planes, and nothing like that. Man, most of these. They were pretty much taking trains and shit for the most part. They didn't start taking planes until later in the 60s. Um, so, you know, imagine like you play like a hard 48 game and then you got to go right on a jam train afterwards and, and sit. And, you know, these ain't modern trains either, man. You know, these are some box seats and, you know, they didn't have the modern, you know, they didn't have like the, the shit that, 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 that players have now, you know, you know, heated seats, none of that. No, nah, it was like cold, hard travel. They were traveling on train. They were traveling on bus. You know, a lot of, most of the players had second jobs that they were working because, you know, they weren't getting like these super max extensions that motherfuckers are getting. Nah, nah, the, the dollars and the cents was way different back then so yeah players had to you know they had to they had to do what they had to do because they weren't making much money man back then you know 
the stars were like the the superstars, yes, but but you know most of the players, no, they were they weren't making much money, so they had to they had to take second jobs. You know, there were guys that were like you know cab drivers, Dave Callens, <laughs> um, the the Celtic center of the seventies, uh, Hall of Famer. He was a cab driver. That was his second job. <laughs> Um, while he was playing. He was a freaking cab driver. You had guys that were like electricians. You had guys that were like uh, firemen, you know, guys that were like, you know, accountants. So, you know, guys had, guys needed second jobs back then, man. That money wasn't the same. So, but yeah, uh, age was definitely creeping in, I think. Um, even then, you know, Russ, the, the seeds were led by Russell. Russell averaged 24 and 24. Uh, Hondo, 23 and 10 and 4. Sam Jones, 22 and 6. Tom Sanders, 14 and 6. And Tom Sanders was like the silent assassin on these seeds team because, you know, for everything that Russell and Havacek or Kuzi, whatever era it was, uh, Tom Sanders was getting his 14 and 6. Uh, and to be able to rely on somebody that's going to get you at least 14 points, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a huge comfort. Lakers were led by West, uh, 34-6-5. Bellif, 25-15. Um, but then after that, it's like a sharp decline in production. Uh, Gail Goodrich, uh, 13 points per game. Gail Goodrich will become uh, Jerry West. Uh, Hall of Fame backcourt mate uh, a few years later in 72 and they ultimately won the championship together in the backcourt. Uh, Gail Goodrich turned out to be a pretty damn good player. Uh, but as far as the 69 finals, as usual, C's depth was the difference, man. The, the Lakers just never had a third, third guy. They didn't have a third guy, and the C's had four or five guys, and that's pretty much that was pretty much the difference. Uh, 68 finals, C's will win again. Uh, this time the C's will win in six games, uh, and the C's are definitely aging at this point. Uh, but um, can't say enough about the C's depth. Uh, because it's it's the difference, and you know, like I just said, it's this the '68 finals was basically a replay of all the other Lakers Celtics finals before. The Lakers just don't have a third guy, and the Boston has like three or four guys. Um, you know, West and Bella always did their thing. You know, West 31, five and five, Bella 26 and 12. I mean, they even got 16 from Archie Clark, but the problem was the third best player on L.A. would have probably been the sixth best player for the Celtics. Um, you know, John Havlicek was outstanding in his finals, 27-8-7, uh, and seven, uh, 40 in the clinching game, and Bailey Howe, who I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, as like uh, players that the C's would, would, would bring over and that, the players that would keep that dynasty going. And he was one of them of, you know, 19 points per game uh, in the series. Sam Jones, 17. Uh, Russell, 17 and 21. Russell was a silent assassin uh, against the Lakers. And, um, you know, usually Russell was a, like, you know, Russell would be like a 13 to 14 guy, point per, point per game guy against, 
you know, most other guys. But for but against the Lakers, that 14 would turn into 23-24. Uh, and Bill Russell was a gamer, man. He was somebody that that usually elevated his game and could usually change his game to whatever the C's needed. So if the C's needed buckets for, for, for a short stretch, he could get them buckets for a short stretch. And that's what he did. Uh, you know, he was everything. He was like the ultimate band-aid. He could be anything that you needed to be, needed him to be. But uh, this time the C's had 14 points coming off the bench from Don Nelson. See, I mean, so you get 27 for Havlicek, 17 for Sam Jones, 17 for Russell, 14 from Don Nelson. Then also, too, another 14 from Tom Sanders. So it's the same thing. You know, the the C's, the C's depth is too much uh, for the Lakers. And the Lakers not having the third guy uh, was, a, was a big fucking problem. Uh, and that's a problem that the Lakers hope, thought that they ended um, in the summer of 68 when they traded for the Big Dipper, Wilt Chamberlain, that summer. Uh, and Chamberlain was without question the best player in the NBA uh, by this point. So the Lakers basically had a trio of West. Uh, Chamberlain and Baylor. Basically, West and Chamberlain are pretty much the two, two of the three best players in the league. Uh, Baylor, even though this was Baylor after the knee injury, Baylor was still a top 15 player still. So you basically got three top 15 players, two top five players on the same team, and they still lose. Uh, the Lakers stopped by getting Will. They thought that big shit was stopping. They thought the big shit was popping. The little shit was stopping. Man, I fucked that all up, y'all. I, I oh, I had that line all set up in my head. Failed on the execution. Big fat FDL. But no, nah, man, the Lakers thought when they got Will, they thought, hey, man, we got this motherfucker Will. We got the most dominant player in the game. You know, this man had, you know, averaged 50 points a number of years. He had just led the league in assists not two years ago. Um, you know, so the Lakers are thinking, yes, we got him with Wes. We're good to go. And plus with the C's starting to show signs of fatigue because, you know, this for this Celtics team in 69 was definitely showing signs of uh, fatigue. And they only won 48 games. They didn't have home court advantage throughout. Um, so this this Celtic team was basically on gas. This Celtic team were it was were kind of was basically like the '98 Bulls. Two teams that's on fucking gas. <laughs> I mean, gas. And it took it took an amazing series from Will Chamberlain. Um, not in a not in a good way either, man. So Will Will in the '69 series, he basically had the first little meltdown. Uh, he had the first meltdown from a superstar uh, of his caliber uh, in this series. So we always talk about we always shit on LeBron for how bad he was in the '17 finals. 
uh, not the 17 finals, but excuse me, the 11 finals, you know, 17 a game against Dallas, um, you know, number of fourth quarters where he scored two points or nothing. Um, but as bad as LeBron was, um, you know, Will Chamberlain was, was equally as bad and if not worse. Um, now, I think I think there are there were definitely some factors that played into Wilt uh, performance. Uh, and it just showed that basketball is a team game as well. Um, you know, Will had to sacrifice a lot of his game. Most of he had to sacrifice a lot coming to L.A. You know, Will was used to getting, you know, he was used to being like the guy used to being able to shoot the ball as much as he he wanted to. You know, this man was used to being able to shoot this damn ball if he wanted to 30, 40 times a game. Easy. Uh, but obviously with Jerry West there. You don't need to shoot the damn ball 40 times a game. Um, and Wes had never, I mean, and and I don't, Chamberlain had never worked with a point guard, a ball handler, a scoring guard, like, on the level of Wes, like, with, with that type of scoring ability. Uh, and, you know, as great as Hal Greer was in Philly, um, I think it's a difference between um, him and Jerry West as, as far as what they could do. And then you had in Baylor on there. And then also what was beefing with the coach uh, as with the head coach as well. So, you know, you mix in all of those things, you know, Jerry West is getting, you know, he's shooting the ball 25 times a game. You know, Baylor is shooting the ball, you know, about 15 to 20 times a game. So, you know, if those guys are shooting the ball that many times, where are the shot opportunities for Will? And then, you know, so I think I think Wilt was still struggling, still learning how to play with his new teammates. Uh, and then along with that, the pressure of the finals and then having to go against, you know, his greatest rival and Bill Russell. I just think a lot of combinations played into the fact that, you know, why this man, the man has averaged like 50 a game, man with a career average of 30 points per game. Uh, why this man only averaged 11 points in this series. 11 points. 11 points a game in this series from Bill Russell. You know, 11 points per game. This is one of the worst finals performances uh, ever. Arguably ever from, like, a, a superstar. Um, like, a top five all-time type of player of his talent. Like, he was terrible. Uh, he, he was bad. And like I said, it was for a lot of different reasons. Um, one person that wasn't bad for the Lakers, though, was Jerry West. Uh, in this 69 finals, even though the heavily favored Lakers, uh, who actually had a 2-0 lead uh, in this series, even though they lost, it was not for it was not because of Jerry West. Um, Jerry West would win finals MVP. He was the first and only losing player. Uh, from uh, from the losing team to win the finals MVP. Um, man averaged 38-7-4. Um, game one of the finals, 53. Game two, 41. Game four, 40. Game five, 39. Game seven, 42. Um, West 69 finals, man, is up there with, is, 
I don't know. I, I don't know if it's greater or better than or whatever. I don't. I'm not doing that. But I'm just gonna put it. I'm gonna put West 69 Finals up there with MJ 63. Uh, with MJ 93 Finals against the Suns, where he averaged 41. And I'm gonna put it up there with Wade 06, when Wade averaged 35 against the Mavs in that series uh, for the Heat to win. Uh, I thought West was uh, brilliant uh, in this series. I mean, brilliant. Uh, basketball greatness, man. Uh, Baylor uh, in the series, 18 and 10. Uh, Johnny Egan, 15 points per game. Like I said, Will, 11 points per game, 25 rebounds a game. What the fuck? Um, can't say enough how, just how, just, just how bad of a performance it was. Um, like I said, it's a lot of, for a lot of different reasons. I think it's a lot of factors that went into it, but this is just bad man and you know you can and you can go directly at that 11 points per game from Will Chamberlain as a reason why uh the Lakers didn't win this was their best opportunity up two games to nothing um you know you got three top 15 players uh in the game you got an agency's team uh agent Russell uh but yet you know as as aging as the Celtics was, um, you know, it just goes to show, man. When you, when when a team has experience and they have toughness and 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 they've been through wars together, been through battles together, man. It's gonna be hard to unseat that type of team, and you know, man, that stuff matters, man. You know, being there, you know, players that have fought together and played together and been through the tough times together. You know, those teams, and especially when they've won a championship, those are the teams, the hard, those are the hardest teams to knock off. Uh, and it takes another championship team to knock them off. And, you know, for the Celtics, for this Russell Celtics team to go out like they like they did to really to, to finish off the dynasty like they did, um, it was it was a uh, from as a basketball fan, man. Um, they 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 established the level of greatness that that it would take uh, to win in the NBA. You know, aging C's team, but you know, still led by Russell, twenty three and twenty three. Bill Russell averaged twenty three points per game, twenty three rebounds a game. Hondo twenty three ten and four. Uh, but like I said, it'll be the same. It's basically the same. Old. Uh, this this series was, I think this series was a little different than the other series. Um, I actually thought the, the Lakers were the best, best were the better team, should have won. Uh, but they didn't get it done. Uh, they didn't get it done when it mattered. All right, so that's part one of the Lakers-Celtics rivalry uh i'm gonna be back for part two and i'm gonna get into the 80s real quick so stay tuned i'll be right back